Welcome, Maverick fans, to a special edition of the Mav Podcast, featuring me, Bridget, here with Jolene. Woo-woo! So we took over the microphone from the boys again, and I'm excited to be back with you. Our episode was one of the most viewed. Unfortunately, no Mav Boney crash footage this time, but we hope to entertain the folks with uh, some fun topics today. So I'm excited to be here with you, Jolene, and let's dive right into it, okay? Sounds good. All right. So uh, we didn't have a podcast uh, earlier this week, and we'll talk about why in our shootout segment, but the Mavericks most recently traveled out to Canton, New York to take on the St. Lawrence Skating Saints over the New Year's holiday, uh, Friday-Saturday series, which was Uh, Kind of good for us, because when I always talk about stuff, I say Friday and then Saturday. So thumbs up on that. So um, what did you think of the the weekend? How did you think they did? So I was really excited about this weekend, because this is the weekend that I got to introduce in the schedule videos at the beginning of the season. So it was fun to ring in the new year with the Mavs. Um, They kind of... Friday night was was a little bit of a downer. They started off so good, but we only played 40 minutes of our 60 minutes and let it go. So I guess I would say we kind of ended 2021 how the whole year went. So, but 2022, our first year, first game of the year was, was a much better win. Yeah, it definitely was a tale of uh, a couple of different periods on Friday night. There was that amazing goal by Nolan Sullivan that actually made the NCHC top plays of the week. I still have no idea how he got that goal to go in. And I was feeling good going into that third period. I mean, not like great, because we all know how this goes, but I would not have seen us giving up a 2-0 lead and, uh, you know, giving up three goals to SLU in the the third period. I know, you know, I thought, you know, when they scored their, their first goal to make it two to one, I thought, oh, this isn't good. And that we would, we would kind of kick it back into gear and it just never happened. And, you know, I don't know, they had 22 days off without playing. So you could kind of see a little bit of rust in there of, you know, being slow to start um, in that game for sure. Yeah. But boy, then they, they definitely shook off that rust on Saturday night and what a great performance. Uh, I love it when they get up by three or four goals and then just keep piling it on because that's the only way I feel secure as a math fan. Yes. It, Saturdays was a much more fun game to watch. It was exciting. And, you know, they, they showed, they, they looked like the team that we know they could be for sure. Yeah. And definitely I was looking at the stats because it had been a while since that game and <laughs> lots of, lots of different scores. McManus had two goals, Randall, Berg. Conley, we were two for seven on the power play. So a lot of balanced scoring there, Uh, you know, some new guys, some old guys. And I just think, like I said, that's what we need the Mavs to do, especially as we start getting into the meat of the conference season now. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it was a lot of players had some really good games. Um, And I know Primu played his hundredth game on Friday night. So that was a a nice milestone for him to make. Um, and, you know, we got Seville with a, with another shutout. So, you know, lots of different players, lots of scoring. I like that this team has come, you know, they're not relying on one line. You know, I think we've seen that in the past with some teams that it's usually just one line that scores most of the goals. But, you know, we're, we're getting scoring from 
top to bottom. So, and they were missing a couple of players too. Uh, and I, you know, honestly didn't notice too much because we had uh, other players stepping up and, and getting on the score sheet. So that's definitely a good thing to have, like you said, some depth in the scoring yeah. as we're going to need that as we progress throughout the season. So who is your player of the weekend then? Well, we, we've talked about a couple different players, but I think I'm going to have to go with McManus because um, he had a four point weekend, uh, two goals on Saturday night and an assist on Saturday night and then an assist on Friday. So, you know, he was really a, you know, a player to watch and he really made things happen this weekend. I feel. How about you? Who was your player of the weekend? Uh, you took you took the the obvious choice. Uh, McMahon <laughs> is also building Omaha's performer player of the week, so he's getting some uh, positive press. But I yeah. have to go with Seville. Uh, I think that his performance on Saturday night was outstanding. He didn't face a ton of shots. He only had twenty one shots, but he stopped them all. And certainly, when he has a big night, the Mavericks have a big night. And so this uh, performance actually got him his fifth uh, goaltender of the week honors for the NCHC. He was co-goaltender of the week Mm -hmm. this week with Brandon uh, Bussey from WMU. But this was uh, the sixth time that Seville has been honored in his career, and five of those have been this season. So he is definitely having a standout campaign this year, and we definitely need him to put the the team on his back and carry us through some of these tough NCHC games that are going to be upcoming. Absolutely. Our schedule only gets tougher from here, so we definitely need him to carry us. (laughs) And I know if your little monkey had made a guest appearance on uh, the show, he definitely would have been her player as well. So Maddie monkey, Maddie, the monkey thumbs up double endorsement for Seville. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to get into our shootout segment. We've got some interesting things that have happened in the last week. Uh, I alluded to the first one that uh, the Denver series was postponed. Uh, They uh, fell victim to the Omicron Mavericks. Uh, Omaha's had uh, COVID wave sweep through the team and uh, it affected this week's series. Yep. Unfortunately, we should have been going to a game last night and a game tonight, but you know, as you said that that series was postponed, it's going to be uh, February 4th and 5th. Now Denver will come back then. And so if you went ahead and you already had tickets to the games for this weekend, your tickets are still good that weekend. So just hold on and hopefully you can go then. And if you can't go then just contact the box office and I'm sure they will be happy to to help you out there for sure and it was neat that and good that Omaha had an open weekend uh that also worked for Denver because there were a couple of NCHC series yeah. got canceled although I gotta be honest I don't think I would have hated not playing Denver <laughs> <laughs> true although I was thinking about it I'm always like you know we always end up playing like Miami and Colorado College kind of early in the season and then we get Denver North Dakota towards the end and I feel like both Denver and North Dakota, particularly Denver, absolutely always plays their best hockey towards the the back half of the season. And I'm always like, we we need to play them early. We need to play them before Christmas. Um, And we never do. So now we're just pushing it back even more. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we beat them last year. And uh, I know our Mavs have it in them to, to take them on again. So. And I think they would need that confidence. So I'm o- I'm okay with it, but they definitely should put you and me in charge of the schedule. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, they should definitely consult us on this. <laughs> and now that we're talking about uh, COVID and our Omicron Mavericks, there was another thing that came out in the news this week, and that was that Baxter Arena is bringing back 
what I call the mask ask. Uh, it certainly is not a mandate if you're not requiring folks to wear your mask, but the language that came out is that they are asking uh, folks to don their masks before entering Baxter Arena. And unfortunately, you and I both know what happens after that. They take them off. I, I can't control anyone else, only myself. So you'll be seeing me wearing my mask again at Baxter Arena when we come back for the, the next home series. But I understand the sentiment. There is so many people out there that they don't want to be, uh, you know, confrontational about it. Uh, the Westside superintendent was talking about he got death threats. So I can certainly understand that nobody at Baxter Arena on the staff wants to get threatened for wearing a mask. So we're just going to ask fans, please be considerate. Help John and me keep our home attendance streak. Wear your mask. Don't breathe on me. That's all I can say. I just want to do a quick little talk about that suite that we had. Uh, so the UNO Blue Line Club every summer does a golf outing. And part of that is an auction. And this year, your husband noticed that not a lot of folks had bid on that. And he pointed it out to me. And so I uh, paid probably what was a ridiculously small amount for a beautiful 20-person suite that we did not fill up. <laughs> But uh, wow, that was a great experience. I don't think I could do that for hockey because between the food and uh, all the, you know, being able to chat with our friends, you know, in there, I just didn't pay a ton of attention to the game, but it was definitely a fun experience. Absolutely. Uh, it, both my girls were there and they're like, that was the best thing ever. When can we do that again? And I was like, well, don't hold your breath. Might be a once, once in a lifetime kind of thing here, but it was very cool. I think I was telling you at the game that, you know, I've seen a lot of Baxter now and the suites was one of the things that I hadn't seen. John and I had gotten a tour of the suites on one of the uh, tours that we had taken either right before Baxter opened or right after but it's a completely different experience getting to spend that amount of time in it. And like I said, the food was delicious. The company was great. It was just a fun way to spend the evening. So I'm really glad that we got to do that. The other thing that's coming up is the Olympics. And uh, I'm hopeful that COVID won't have an impact on the Olympics the way that it did on world juniors and certainly what's going on in college hockey these days. But I just wanted to point out uh, the connection that we have from the Omaha Mavericks to the Olympic team with both um, Mike Hastings and David Quinn, former UNO assistants, being tapped to be part of that team. Yeah, that's very exciting for them to both be, you know, coaching that team and no players going from the NHL to the Olympics so that they can make up games that they've missed due to COVID. I'll be curious to see what uh, potential college players get tapped to go to the Olympics, which you know, may hurt their team, but you know, it's also once in a lifetime opportunity for them to be able to go and represent their country. So, yep. I've, we've seen that uh, at least one North Dakota player that's been tapped. Jake Sanderson, uh defenseman for the FN Hawks has uh, been asked and I'm kind of hopeful that they pick a couple more and just, you know, go have a wonderful Olympic experience and leave that <laughs> roster just a little bit depleted for us. Not sure not if the timeline kind of lines up with when we're playing them, but you know. But I definitely think some of our future series, uh, there's a uh, Noah Cates from Duluth is uh, another player that's uh, been asked and uh, I know that we play them in a couple weeks. So like I said, I haven't done too much research on the impact yet, but uh, you know, don't take any of our maps as great of an honor as that would be. Give us a little bit of an advantage <laughs> in the NCHD, please. 
please. All right. Uh, and then the last segment in the shootout is uh, now that we have turned the calendar to 2022, we are now finally in that 25th year for UNO hockey. The program started in 1997. So 2022 minus 1997 finally gets us to that number 25. And I think that they were going to start that celebration at the Denver series that was supposed to be this weekend. But I'm imagining that they'll pick that up then uh, at the series at the end of the month and then into February. Yeah. Have you heard exactly what kind of celebration they're going to do? I haven't really heard anything. Uh, I've heard some rumors, can't confirm anything, but I do know that there has been talk of a large number of players coming back from those, uh, especially early seasons, but throughout those 25 years and finding a way to honor them. So I'm excited to see some of those old bulls. Uh, we're getting old ourselves. And uh, it's been neat to keep track of some of those folks <laughs> on Facebook. And some of them have kids that are in school with my you know, niece and nephew. And so I get to see them out in the community. But I'm excited to see some of those probably older, familiar faces if they do come to town. All right. So we turn our attention to the North Dakota series. I was looking back through uh, some of the statistics of our matchups with them over the years, and we actually won our last matchup with them in March of 2021 up in uh, Grand Forks. But there have been some really lopsided wins and losses, not a ton of close games. Uh, we either do great or we do terrible. So what do you think uh, is going to happen <laughs> as we go up to uh, North Dakota this upcoming weekend? Well, you're definitely right there in the uh, lots of lopsided, either win big or lose big. Um, what's interesting is, you know, we're one of the few teams that actually seems to play really well up in Grand Forks. You know, we split up there with them quite a few times in recent years. So I'll be really curious. North Dakota's kind of had an interesting season. They've been off off a little bit um their game last night they lost to cornell uh very similar to uno's game against st louis on friday they didn't play the whole game they they had it in there and then they they let up at the end and let them come back and win i i think omaha and north dakota are probably pretty evenly matched again this year we're 15 28 and one overall uh against them then we're 8 14 and one there and 7 and 14 at home and I'll be really curious to see how our team bounces back, but you never know who's going to be available and who's going to be able to play and, and how much the illnesses take that on them. So, so what are your thoughts in terms of how they're going to do up there? As much as I would love to, you know, take a sweep, I don't think that's realistic, but given how well we tend to play them up in Grand Forks, I'm going to go with a split on the weekend. And because Jason and John always do this, which night do you think they're going to get the win and which night do you think that they'll have the loss? I think I'm going to have to go with they'll lose on Friday and then they'll come back and win on Saturday. And I agree with you. That's my prediction as well. I think that, again, like you said, it's hard to say what kind of impact COVID is going to have on the team. There's a lot of unknowns there that we don't have access to. But just looking at UNO's record this year, they've tended to struggle a little bit more on Friday. And I'm going to agree with you and go with a split with the win on Saturday night uh, for the Omicron Mavericks. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed today's podcast. Jolene and I love doing it. When we can take the microphone away from the boys, we're going to do it because we know there's a lot of hockey fans out there that want to hear our perspective. But uh, until next time, we want to remind you to follow us on all of our social channels. We've got the Mavpuck website where you can join the forum 
We have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook page. And you can follow my live tweets on our Twitter account at Mavpuck. Until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.